Are you ready to take your podcast to the next level? Then look no further than NAS Studios located in Seattle's Pioneer Square. Hi, I'm Blake. I'm the owner, in-house producer, and editor. We've got three cameras to capture every moment and can host up to eight mics, ensuring your podcast looks and sounds professional. We've got affordable pricing for podcasters at all levels. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.nasstudios.com. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm with, you may not remember, but you're a returning guest, actually. Okay. Back in uh, 2019, when you were in town at Columbia City Theater, I had just started my podcast maybe like two months before. Wow. And like one of my goals was, I realize, and you realize this in most cities, if you just stick to your city, you kind of get, become like crabs in a barrel, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you need to, you need to explore, you need to visit different music scenes, you need to connect with different types of artists. And when I first started, I thought I was just going to interview Seattle artists. And then I saw you were coming to town and I was like, this is my chance to expand my horizons with podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if, if I actually lock this in, this means this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was able, I was super nervous and I interviewed you on like a fucking phone when you're at the, um, at the, the merch booth, right? So like the audio was not good. There was no video element whatsoever. Like I tried to overlay the audio with some like fake jazz in the background. So it seemed like we were at a cool pub or something. Right. And I was like, this is not the best interview by any means. I'm super nervous. But the fact that I was able to reach someone like you was like, it was like pivotal. So now fast forward, I'm not on my phone. I have a full studio set up. We're officially the NAS studios and I'm here with uh, Code of the Friend. Yo, what's up, man? I'm here, and I'm grateful to be here. You came a long way. Yeah, man. Happy to see you thriving. You thank know? you, thank yeah. you. So, from it seems like you've ha- you have some experiences here in Seattle. When you were performing the other night, you had the um, swim team baseball hat on. You yeah. shouted out uh, Travis Thompson. So, what has your experience been like being in Seattle? Have you ever recorded music here? Are you close with Travis? I know you had a song with him and Kyle. Like, how did you get the the swim team hat? Yeah, um, I've been asking for a, a fitted or a, a snapback wherever I go. Like we came here, so I want I like to fit in, like with the with whatever's going on. You know what I mean? I rather adapt to, you know, the Seattle lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's not all about like standing out for me. I kind of wanna, I wanna be part of it. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I told him to put it on a writer. So we put a snapback on a writer everywhere we go. Wow. Right? Um, and Seattle is just, I love the Pacific Northwest, you know, like I love the air, uh, the fact that there's nature, like we got mm-hmm. a B&B uh, right by uh, Lake Desire hey. in Renton, Renton um, Washington, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, I really like to embrace the culture when I'm out in the PNW and Travis Thompson is just a homie, you know, like he, we did a song uh, like a couple years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. and we, we just... We were joking when we met up on set of the video shoot when we were in L.A. We just got real cool. And I was just, so he's just been the homie, you know. And then after that, we did a couple more joints, mm-hmm. you know. And so, we living. That's wild, because you're, you're independent too, correct? Yep. So that's interesting, because I think it's only been like maybe a year, maybe two years tops that Travis has left Epic Records. Mm-hmm. So like, were you able to like, do you feel like there's a different level of connection when you're working with someone who's independent versus someone who's been part of a label? Yeah, definitely. Because when you're independent, you have freedom mm-hmm. to kind of do what you want, you know? So when Travis hits me up and he's like, yo, I want you to get on this record, 
it's a no-brainer for me. Oh, yeah. it's the homie. I'm going to lay down the record, you know? And then uh, he can decide now when he wants to release that record versus always thinking about, you know, what is the label going to say? What does the label want? It's, it's about what he wants because he's an independent artist. You know? mm-hmm. And what was your decision to, like, be an independent artist? Have you dabbled in being on record labels before? Or? Yeah, like, when I, when I first started... Uh, we were really going to label meetings and they were flying, doing the flying me out thing yeah. and trying to schmooze me and having me in the office and um, putting my music on as soon as I walk in. So I walk in and my name is everywhere and they're playing my music in the in the, in the the regular label office and all of that. We went through that. But the label deals were just so bad yeah. and they were so like constricting hmm. that it didn't make sense to sign. And once I realized that that's how the industry was, for real, I just decided to stay independent. I didn't want to waste any more of anybody's time, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, go to different labels and see what's up. And I was good. I was already making enough money to support the family and and do extras. So it's just like it made sense to just stay independent and yeah. keep growing. I recently had uh, Eric the Architect on who's from New York as well. And Flatbush Zombies has, like, always been independent. Do you think... The independent mindset is just for specific people, or do you think there's something about the culture in New York that pushes being independent as well? Or I think it is. I think being independent takes a lot of work. You know, uh, it takes a, it does take a special type of person. It takes somebody that is kind of like multifaceted. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, has has knowledge of different parts of the business and not just the rapping part. You know, you have to be able to be. An entrepreneur, being independent as an artist is being an entrepreneur, you know. Mm. Uh, you're not just an artist. You can actually figure out how to package, market, and sell sell a product, you know, because your music is still a product. It just belongs to you. Yeah. you know? Versus if I'm on a record label, my product uh, belongs to the record label. So it's still a product. It just is mine. Mm. And now that also means that I'm in charge of uh, the production, the selling of this item, you know. Yeah. So because I have all that control, you know, all that control is good. But if I don't know what to do with it, then it really is means nothing. I might as well sign to a label if I have no idea of how to, you know, get this out to the people. Has it been like a trial and error thing? Or have you been able to like find like mentors or other artists to talk to to figure out how to go about all that? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is trial and error. Yeah. But there are people that have knowledge of these things, you know, that you can talk to and they can really give you some insight. Uh, I think that's maybe one of the most important parts of the journey as an mm. independent artist, like finding people and finding a community community of people that can help you get from A to B, from B to C, you know? How how has been working with, like, Static Selecta? Has that been, like, someone you've been able to learn from? Because you've locked in a few times, right? Mm-hmm. No, nah, Static Selecta is the homie. Uh, he's a legend, and whenever he has a project going on, I'll, he'll hit me up, come to the studio, Lay mm-hmm. a verse down. We have a real just like, yo, if I'm if I'm working on something, I'm going to hit him up. If he's working on something, he'll hit me up. And if I'm in the studio at the right time, then I just may be on an album that I wasn't supposed to be on. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's how it works, too. But uh, he's really just the homie, and we also make music together. How'd you guys meet? Through, like, just the studio? or uh, We met through... Well, I've I've heard his name for so many years. For like, sure. He, obviously, he worked with Joey mm-hmm. uh, from way back in the day. And so I always knew who Static Selector was. And as I was on a come up, I think it was like 2018, I just started getting a little buzz. And he hit me up on IG and he was like, bro, like, come to the studio. Let's, you know, 
let's let's get in the studio. So for me back then, I was like, damn, like, all right, static hitting me up. I must be doing something right. And so from then, we've been locked in. Dang. Yeah. That's cool. How'd you meet Joey? Is it because, is Joey from, he's from the East Coast, right? Yeah, but he's from not, Brooklyn. he is from, yeah, I had no idea. He's from okay. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually meet Joey until maybe a few years back. Okay. But we've crossed paths so many times, and yeah. I don't think we didn't even, I don't even think we really knew it. Were you guys, like, when you were coming up, did you feel like you were part of a music scene, or were you just kind of on a solo journey? Yeah, it was definitely a music scene, mm. because uh, I think the part that I played back back then, it was less of a music maker and more of, like, a curator, mm. you know, where I was hosting these, uh, like, mini concerts and showcases oh, all shit. over all over Brooklyn, you know, as, like, a 16-year-old. That's what I was doing. Damn. Yeah. So, like, that's really my roots is where, like, I was getting artists like Joey. At the time, um, I was getting Capital Steeds was... Uh, oh, performing shit. at my shows like so i would do different shows in capital steeds when he was like he was a little bit younger than me so yeah. if i was 16 he was 15 if i was 17 he was 16 so that's actually uh somebody told me a story i forgot who it was um they told me a story about how pro era formed and it was at it was outside at one of my one of the shows that i had put together and capital steeds had just performed at the show yeah. right and then they went outside and they were doing a cypher and in in the midst of the cipher, they were like, "Yo, we should start a group," and that that was the night that they called it Pro Era. And when I found yeah. when some when when he told me that, I was like, my mind was blown. I forgot who exactly told me that, but that was a crazy story. Yeah. Damn, that's wild. So like, you've yeah. always been involved with music then, or like, what was that like growing up? Yeah, um, I played the trumpet. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it was like one of the first things I was good at, you Damn. know. And I, I started when I was in like the third grade. And but even before that, I was like writing raps and, you know, watching BET and watching the 106 in Park mm -hmm. uh, countdown, music video countdown, just trying to rap like Hove, trying to rap like Nas. I was heavily immersed in like hip hop culture and just mm. uh, and specifically just raps. I was always like this shit, this shit was like education to me, you know what I mean? Whereas other people were just kind of like listening to it. Mm -hmm. For me, listening to Hove, Nas, Big, Tupac, you know, even kind of ended up being Kanye and then other people. It's like that was like that was like my school, mm -hmm. you know. So I unknowingly was really learning how to rap and learning how to stay in pocket, even before I actually uh, seriously put a pen to the pad, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So did here in Seattle, like we don't. There's everyone wants to be like a successful artist, but there's no, there's no real blueprint here in Seattle. And like even when you think of Macklemore, people like he had been doing it for like maybe a decade and then like there's just there's so much time and money that went into the whole Macklemore like that's the Macklemore is like a fucking machine it's it's insane mm. but so no one really looks at being like I want to do what Macklemore did to be successful like we we have artists like Travis Thompson who's doing fucking dope stuff but he's still on the come up too so and so people are growing up with around him right versus in New York you know you've got like Jay-Z you've got all these people did, did you feel like when you were growing up that it seemed possible to be a successful artist? Because here in Seattle, it's kind of more of like a pipe dream versus seeing someone and being like, I could follow what they did. I think I'm going to be real, bro. Being a rapper is always going to be a pipe dream, mm -hmm. you know? I think now more than ever, wherever you are, it's more doable, you know? Because when we grew, when we grew up, uh, being a star was very different than now. Like now we have people on TikTok going viral, yeah. you know, for a day. You know, we have yeah. 
uh, everyday people that have no skills whatsoever are famous for doing whatever they do. Even for rapping, people that have no skills when it comes to rapping yeah. are famous because they uh, have a certain image that people like. You know, so it's like because of social media, it seems more possible to do a lot of things. You know, but being rap, being a rapper for me is always one of those things. Like if you get to if you get to be a rapper for a living, do this for a living, man, you you lucked up. You know. Yeah. So. Um, but growing up with Jay-Z, it's just like, I look at Jay-Z and I'm like, man, even back then, I kind of look at him the same way now. It's like, to, to get to that level of success, is still insane, mm -hmm. you know? But I, I, I think we're grateful now. We live in a um, time where a rapper can be independent and make a living and feed his family and feed her, his or her family. Mm -hmm. Uh, and really, you don't have to be making millions and millions of dollars a year, mm -hmm. but you can still be living really good. For sure. And that's um, thanks to social media and Spotify and all that. How did you start making a living off rap? Man, I saw I saw 8K in my account, in my TuneCore account. Uh, you know what TuneCore is, right? Mm -hmm. TuneCore, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what TuneCore is? Yeah, yeah. Right, cool. So for anybody that's watching that doesn't know, TuneCore <laughs> is pretty much, when you're independent, you... Put put your uh, music on TuneCore and that distributes to uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. And it's like DistroKid. Yeah, it's like yeah, DistroKid, <laughs> TuneCore. And so I had an account and I had a few songs out and I was dropping songs and I was mm. dropping videos, or whatever. And I checked my account one day and I had eight thousand dollars in my account Damn. and I didn't because I, I hadn't been checking it because I really didn't think it was possible to really make money yeah. off of um, the music that I was making. You know, so when I realized that I had that money in the account. I was just like, oh, nah, I'm going to go full speed with this, you know? Mm. And how old were you when you saw that, do you think? I was 25, I think. So that's, you'd already been doing it for like over a decade then. See, that's yeah. what people don't... I mean, I wasn't already doing it for over a decade. I was probably doing it for a few years, like for real, you know? Got Recording it. myself and, you know, getting in the studio and um, like producing. I had only been doing that for about probably like two or three years okay. at the time. So, like, what was your mindset when you were curating shows, like, when you were a teenager? Was that more just for fun, or do you see, like, something substantial that you can make a career out of with that? Or was that just, like, your friends, or? Yeah, it was it was fun, you know? Mm -hmm. It was more of uh, we're having a good time with kids. We don't want to be doing stupid stuff, you know? We mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to do something that was worthwhile, even mm -hmm. though I was in high school, you know, uh... I wanted to start planning for my future. I wanted, it was, I had bigger dreams than just going to school and trying to get a job from my degree or whatever, yeah. you know? So uh, I was trying things out early uh, just in case, you know, I, mm. maybe I didn't want to go to school. Maybe I didn't want to keep going. And uh, I was really inspired by Pharrell too, just what he was doing with Billionaire Boys Club at the time and Ice Cream. It's like, I wanted to do something cool like that. I wanted to be part of the culture. Yeah. Mm. What was that? Your your BQE was featured on that Pharrell project thing. What was that mm -hmm. called? Fuck, what was that It was called? like a BLM project. It was like a Black Lives Matter yeah. project or something. I forgot exactly what it was called. But I remember one of, um, there was a Seattle artist named Moondrop that was featured on it too. And that was like a huge moment for him to like, get that like Pharrell shine. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? And have you connected with Pharrell outside of something like that as well or? Yeah, it was it was cool when it happened. Um, it was also the pandemic time, so it was a lot, a lot, of, a lot going on. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think around that time everything was just kind of weird. You know, yeah. so 
it was cool to get a Pharrell co-sign in a way, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've never been able to connect with him out of out of that opportunity. But you know, you never know. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, you can just run into like anyone anytime, like in mm-hmm. studio experiences. So like for you, are you are you in studios or do you do you have a home studio or what's that set up like for you? Yeah, um, I've always had the studio at my crib just mm-hmm. because it always made sense. And I always just like, I like the vibe of my house, of my space. Mm-hmm. And if I feel natural and I feel like I could give my best performance. Um, I recently had another baby. So congrats. I think, I think congrats. Yeah, you excited? Man, you. I love I love being a dad. Hell my yeah. favorite thing to do. Um, so I had to move my studio out the crib uh. you know, to make room for her little playroom and all that. So I moved my studio uh, to Dumbo, Brooklyn. It's the area in Brooklyn. It's like right by the Manhattan Bridge. That's a wild name, Dumbo, Brooklyn. Dumbo, yeah. Like the elephant. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like the elephant, (laughs) but it it is like the elephant when you think about it. Okay, so I've seen on your YouTube channel, like you've had podcasts. Is that still in the same space too then? Or are you still doing podcasts? Yeah, we just started like we're really like ironing out the kinks and everything. Uh, getting the team that we need to get together to really make it happen and make it successful. Mm-hmm. And you know we're gonna we're, we're putting we're putting out episodes, but now I'm on the road, so it's harder to do it from here. Mm-hmm. We're figuring it out, you know. There you go. You got you're on the road podcast right here, man. Sir, I'm learning. I'm I'm, I'm watching you. I'm like, okay, that goes there. Yeah, man. There. It's been like yeah. a fucking journey. I've been doing this for like two months straight, like building the studio and like mm-hmm. the, the, the things you don't even think about, like. You need the fucking extension cords for everything. Like you think sometimes you think you want to go wireless, but like I had an interview um, a few days ago where like all the lights spontaneously would die because I did cameras with I mean camera batteries instead of like being plugged in. So yeah, like man, you got to be plugged in, bro. That's one, dude. <laughs> that's one of those things I learned early, bro. If you when you're doing stuff like this, you got to be plugged in. Everything got to be plugged into the wall, man. Yeah, it's a fucking. So what was your mindset towards? Because you. You ba- you are like a content creator at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I, w- me and Isaac, shout out Isaac for producing this episode. Um, when we were at your show, you were talking about how you started doing like the subtitles on your videos. You've done mm-hmm. podcasts. Like, what was there like a mental note to start making content, or what was your mindset behind that? Well, I, I knew I had to start making videos, mm-hmm. right, to get myself out there. Um, I, like I said, I, like I said last night, I didn't have money to make, you know, videos like video. You could drop 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 and change and can only go up on a music video. So I was trying to find this, uh, cost effective way, you know, to, uh, create content mm-hmm. on social media so I could like, you know, promote myself. And, you know, so I, that's why I came up with the idea of lyrics to go where I put the lyrics on the screen and I was standing still just to create like a dramatic effect with yeah. the slow zoom, slow zoom out uh, with the yellow subtitles because I wanted people to screenshot and be like, oh, I love, I like this lyric. Yeah, yeah. And send it to their homie or repost it on Twitter or repost it on Instagram, which everybody seemed to do naturally. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess when I when I started doing that, it was just like this is a good way to get my stuff out there, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be like to become the standard of uh, music videos for artists. Damn, I, I didn't know. And how did lyrics to go come? Like, because you, you said during the show you're about to like potentially drop a fifth one. Mm-hmm. You post them on YouTube, Instagram. You release albums for it. Like, how did that come together? It it, it all came from 
uh, that concept of mm-hmm. lyrics to go. I called each episode like lyrics to go by of uh, episode one, Got lyrics it. to go episode two. Now there's like f- over fifty That's wild. episodes, and it's just like it's supposed to be a one minute verse mm-hmm. or around one minute where because I realized that people really had a short attention span. Yeah, yeah. And that attention span has only gotten shorter, which is crazy um, because more and more content is out there now. But at the time, people would really sit there and watch the whole 45 seconds to a minute Mm -hmm. and just share it. And then sometimes they'll watch it over and over and over again. So uh, it it went so viral and it became so popular that people just were asking for a whole project full of just lyrics to go. Just uh, one minute songs, like one minute and a half, those verses, like a long verse, Mm -hmm. basically. And so I decided, you know what? I'm gonna actually use real beats and not uh, not freestyle beats, not mixtape beats, you know. And I make a project, put the project out with just those lyrics to go episodes. Yeah. And sometimes the project is only 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but people love it. And I drop lyrics to go volume one uh, during the pandemic, and after that, it's become something that I drop every year in January at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of like just um, me giving the people like what's going on in my head, what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like a recap yeah. of, of last year, you know? It's yeah. like, so it's like to catch you up to what's going on this year, I drop lyrics to go. And then whatever music comes after is like the album, yeah. you know? That's fucking yeah. awesome. I always think about, because I'm a huge uh, Lil Wayne like mixtape fan, like the dedication mm-hmm. mixtapes, or I like them more than his albums even. Mm-hmm. And then fucking, you know, DJ Drama's on like all the projects, but I'm like, is he... Are they actually like remixing those beats at all? Or are they just pulling beats? Mm-hmm. And like, can you actually monetize any of that? But there are mixtapes, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's smart that you you let people like hear those verses over a different type of beat, but then you switch it out for the actual project. Right, right, right. That's 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 actually pretty fucking genius. Dang. Is that like a, like when you do those, are those freestyles or do you write them or how do you come up with those? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I don't freestyle mm. at all. You know what I mean? Like I freestyle in the crib with the homies, but I don't freestyle like I'm not gonna get on sway and freestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like honestly, I'm a I'm a writer and I'm not ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, man. I, I write I write songs. I write I write music. Yeah, I feel that. I, like I've uh it's something I've actually kind of learned though, because I tried to do a freestyle portion on the podcast, and there's like so many artists that actually don't. That's another thing that's been like a big big switch in the past like ten years, that a lot of rappers like to be known as like artists now, because they are. Mm-hmm. There's more that goes into it than just rapping, especially like for you, you're doing content creation also. That's a whole artist is like the general term now, but like with artists versus specifically just rappers, like it seems like artists don't freestyle as much. I mean, I don't even think that many rappers freestyle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's uh I'm not gonna say it's a it's a lost art. Um people have always written rhymes and now I think it's it's all about it's all about making songs and has been about that. It's yeah. been that way for a while. So, if it's like Curtis Blow, I could do something like that because you're just doing like Dr. Seuss. Like, right, right. it, it, yeah. That's podcast. It's different now. It's different now. <laughs> people expect people expect um, a, a written level rap right. when, it, when somebody is freestyling. It's completely different. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And sometimes even people that freestyle, they're still using bits and pieces of things that they've actually written. You For know? sure. So it's just like I don't even try to fake the funk. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a writer. If I get on your mic, if I get on the mic, pause, I'm like... <laughs> If I'm gonna get on the mic, if I'm gonna get on the mic, 
I'm a write, I'm a rapper written. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, bro, that's what you want to hear anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, why we even got a lot of ourselves right now? You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. So do you like, do you keep up to date with new music then? Because with those, you know, like for the the written free the <laughs> lyric to yeah. lyric to go videos, they're different. They're other artists' beats. Mm-hmm. So. But some of them are like older ones. Like you have like one from like you have the sing to me from Kendrick Lamar. You have all these yeah. different types. So, is it important for you to be up to date with new artists? Like, do you like Sexy Red or? <laughs> Yo, get him out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing this on purpose. He's doing this on purpose, man. He's doing this on purpose. He's trying to trying to jam me up right now. <laughs> trying to jam me up. Uh, I've heard a couple songs. I've heard a couple songs. Not my favorite. My booty hole brown. You different, bro. You different. He came out of nah. <laughs> man. That's the that's the lyric. <laughs> yeah, that's the lyric. My pussy chose. pink. My crazy. Let's finish it together. I don't know, but not, bro. I don't. I didn't even want to know all that. I didn't even want to know all that. Like, now I can't get that out of my head. That's my disgusting. pussy pink. My booty hole brown. Stop it. Man, stop. And then there was like a toes lyric too. But I don't remember how that part goes. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so like what what music inspires you if it's if not sexy red? Nah man, I wanna know, bro. I wanna know. Are you a fan of sexy red? No, no. I, I can say that on camera now. Nah, nah. You sure? Yeah. It sounds like you are. You be Dude, listening to them records. No, nah, man. And the, I know the memes. Like I can't even listen to the her song with I, Drake. Alright, cool. Ice Spice or Sexy Red? Ice Spice. Ice Spice hundred percent. Yeah. Um Huh. I think she has more. Actually, I don't know if either of them have really anything to offer. Well, I don't want to say they don't have anything to offer, but like. Be careful what you say. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would I say? Mm. I don't know. I think. Hmm. I think uh, Ice Spice is maybe a little bit more. Um, it's well, more. Just, just say, just say what you really feel, bro. Just say what you really feel. Damn, I'm trying to. Feel- <laughs> Now Say you got you me, really Jim. Feel, bro. <laughs> Say what you really feel. I like I like the beats of Ice Spice. Bro. No, you Kevin. She's Kevin. a lovely lady on, that man. I feel like. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Cap, Cap. Oh, like, what, 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 what about you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what you want to say, oh man. I'm gonna, let you, I'm gonna let it rock, though. I'm gonna I'm let dead. it rock. I'm gonna let it rock. <laughs> She's. They're both cool. I just like. Right, I'm gonna get the real answer of Cameron. I'm dead. All right, cool. But yeah, what artists? <laughs> If neither Ice Spice or Sexy Red inspire you, um, what about like Takashi Six Nine or something? <laughs> uh, who's who's inspiring me lately? Who's inspiring me nowadays, man? My homies inspire me. Okay, you know what I mean for real. Life inspires me. My kids inspire me. Um, not a lot of not a lot of industry people are inspiring me lately. That's fair. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. So, like, are you ever gonna get your kids into the studio to make me? Have they have they been featured? Yeah, they've been featured, right? They they like my son has been featured. He's done like little stuff here and there, mm-hmm. but now he's starting to rap rap. You know what okay. I mean? He's actually starting to rap rap. He's six years old. He's gonna be seven in January. Um, he asked me to. He's been telling me, "Yo, I, that you got to get me in the studio." I'm yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. So I got him in the studio right before I left for tour. Yeah. And we started. He started recording his record. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, he started actually, he was, like, in the pocket. He was rapping, rapping, you know, and I was helping him with his little verse. And I was like, yo, maybe if you say this, you know, you add you add that. Yeah. And he was, like, getting it. So I think he may actually have a future in, you know, getting some songs in. Fuck yeah. yeah. Do you think 
Do you like Adonis though, or what do you think about Adonis? Adonis Drake, son. Yeah. I mean, he's a kid, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and judge a kid's rap. <laughs> no, you know what that's fair. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and judge a kid's rap. So you know what I mean? I think it's beautiful that he's on the record with Drake. Yeah. You know, I the hey. first time I noticed that was with um, Outkast when um, do they both have kids? I know Big Boy. One yeah, of them. They both have kids. I think it's Bamboo and Cross. I think that's the name of their kids or something. Mm-hmm. And like one of the earlier albums, they would have like skits with them on it. But that might be a thing that's always been kind of a thing in yeah. music, which is cool. That like it, like I wish, I wish I was on a podcast when I was a kid or something, like or right. exposed to it more because I feel like I was exposed to everything that I wasn't interested in. Mm. You know, like I was like. In Seattle, we do a thing called, you know what the Pro-Am is by any chance? Nope. So the Pro-Am is like a summer league for NBA players to come to um, play in Seattle. It's put on by Jamal Crawford. And like, I think last year, like LeBron came to town and fucking Seattle was basically like locked down because mm. of that. It was just, it was craziness. But like, so I got to meet all these cool like football players, NBA players, and like, I just did not care about it whatsoever. I still am not a huge sports fan because like, I'd rather be doing the sport than watching it. But so I think that's cool that like whether your kids end up being super into that or not, actually just giving them that space mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. That's 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 cool, man. So what's it been like being on? This is your first time back in Seattle since 2019. Yep, yep. So what's what's it like been, being on tour and being back in Seattle again? Yeah, I love it. I've been having the time of my life, me and the homies, me and the bros. We just been, you know, having deep conversations, talking about like it's refreshing, you know yeah. what I mean? To actually like get a kind of a break from everyday life and mm. be on the road doing something that's like productive and mm. positive and really reaching out and, and connecting with people from all over the country. And soon we're gonna be in different countries, so we're gonna be all over the world with it. It's fucking awesome. And so it's been um inspirational and it's been helping me a lot, bro. Just oh, like yeah. stay afloat and I've been using every day as just to learn more and just to um to grow, bro, for real. That's cool. Are you like are you like are you road tripping it? Are you flying it or is it a mixture of both or we're road tripping it, so we're driving yeah. everywhere. So yeah. That's sick. And let's talk about the, the dog tags you got from your Yeah. The homie concert. I forgot what I forgot what his name. I think his name was Alex, he said. Okay. I think it was Alex, but he gave me uh, these dog tags of my kids, and I'm like, damn, I miss them. I miss them so it's just like I, I put them on today. That's fucking awesome. As soon as I saw them on the on the nightstand, and I was like, yeah, I'm rocking these today. See, that's what's cool about like when you get a platform, you inspire. Like you're you're on a podcast that you helped inspire to grow. Like you're having like fans make you stuff like that. Yeah. Someone gave you a, a rhino or something. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> I think she just had it in her purse. And she was just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm gonna give him something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her though. So yeah. what what's that like or when did you realize obviously there's a realization where you're like, shit, I can make money from being an artist. But when did you realize like you had a platform and you had to or you don't you don't, you don't have to do anything, but you have a platform and you have the choice to like inspire people or whatever. Yeah, when I, I think when I realized I had a platform to, you know, reach a gang of people, I was like, man, I got to do something positive with it, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, I have to, like, what do I want to give to the world? What would I want my gift to be to the world? And I was just, like, a uh, fresh perspective, uh, a way a way out of the madness, you know, a way out of depression. Uh, I try to just 
if if I if like if I read a book and I get some knowledge from that book, I try to convey it through my music, you know. Mm. So so I can take that message and give it to people, you know. It's like so to help spread that message yeah. that I needed so badly. Yeah. So it's more than just me giving to them. It's like I'm. It's like literally I'm just the messenger. Yeah. You know, of 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 these messages that you know have helped me so much. Things when something really changes my mind and changes my life. I make sure that I put it in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out too. Cause like I consume a lot of content, but I think I need to get to a place where I'm sharing that content. Cause there's also mm-hmm. a thing, I think that's no matter how big or small of a platform you are, it's like you always get that feeling of like, do people actually care mm-hmm. what I have to share? You know? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I've been listening to, um, Charlemagne's books like mm. uh he has the one um black privilege have you listened have you read or listened to either dude they're fucking legendary they're good? yeah so yeah, i like listen. i gotta check him out he has one black black privilege and the other one's called um shook ones which is about anxiety mm. and the, the shook ones is obviously a play on um mob deep mm-hmm. and it's just it's inspiring to see like someone who like he had a crazy upbringing like he sold crack he went to prison like he grew up in um i think it was like north carolina on a dirt road and now he's like fucking like a staple in new york and there's certain people that don't like him and even if you have a the one of the reasons why i like him the most or that i enjoy what he makes is because of the um the growth you know like people i think some i what in our in our society people don't want you to like grow out of your past and they want to like blame you for things that you've done. But like he went from being like a drug dealer to someone who like hugs trees. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just a total, mm-hmm. those are totally different p- paths yeah. and it's cool to see. But like as a New York artist is, is that, do you think the breakfast club has an impact on artists still? Like, is that, is that still something that people aspire to get to? I think the Breakfast Club has an impact, mm. not like it used to, you know? right? But I think that's just radio in general. Yeah, you know, like I feel like radio used to have uh, an impact so huge that once you're on the radio, that's it. Yeah, like once you're featured, you're, like, you're going crazy. Uh, but now I think it, it takes a lot more mm-hmm. than just getting a radio look, just getting a, re- a Breakfast Club look, you know? Yeah, you need like an OnlyFans or. Something. Yeah, something. <laughs> you need some content, bro. Yeah. You need some content. Come on. Where's the content? For sure, man. So what what's next for you? Do you you're dropping potentially dropping something in January? Yeah, or? definitely. I mean they they know it's coming. Okay. It's coming in I can't say exactly when, but it's coming at in January because that's when I drop lyrics to go. It's mm-hmm. volume five. So it's gonna be big. It's the five year anniversary. Hell yeah! It's, that's a lot. That's a lot of lyrics yeah. to go volumes. You know. So I'm, I'm I'm working on right now just making this special for the people who love um, the lyrics to go concept. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, what is some final advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, mm-hmm. influencers? Uh, uh, don't take anything for granted. You know. Uh, Every act of kindness, every time somebody shows you love, appreciate it, you mm-hmm. know. Hold that tight and always uh, pay it forward when you get something. That's Hell it. Yeah. Actually, my last question, me and Isaac were debating this. Do you feel like, are you like a lo-fi guy? Do you feel like you're a lo-fi, lo-fi guy? Lo-fi guy. I may be, uh, I, may, I was just talking about this other day. I never understood when people called me a lo-fi rapper. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now I understand that it's just because... 
my voice is real chill. Mm. And when I rap on a beat, it's just like, oh, he's he's chilling. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So I kind I kind of get it because it's the same it's the same vibe you get when you're listening to lo-fi music, that lo-fi chill music. Yeah. So so I understand it. You know, somebody actually commented, and I remember the comment. They were like. People say that Coda is lo-fi, but there's nothing low fidelity about him. Hey. For me, I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I'll take I'll take it for the sound. You know, it sounds lo-fi, but it ain't lo-fi. Hell yeah. yeah. There we go, man. Well, where's the what's the easiest place for people to find your music and find your socials? Shit, go to Spotify. Fuck Instagram. <laughs> fuck social media. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Music. Listen to my music. You know what I'm saying? Put that shit on a playlist. Hell yeah, man. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you back on. I feel like this is this has to be like I want to call this version two. You know, there it's was like a full circle moment yeah, though. For you sure. Know what I mean? And I pre I appreciate you taking time to do this. I hope you've had a good time in mm-hmm. Seattle so far. And this has been the NAS podcast with Go to the Friend. See y'all later. And we Peace. did it.